0: father or you are involved in caring for children. If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 am, for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Gumi because it's informative, educative, and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents.
1: Hi everyone, happy new year 2024. Uh, welcome to ACP Hour. I am Bimissa Lavoide, I'm a pediatrician, and I'll be your anchor for today's. Broadcast. And I especially want to welcome you on whichever platform you're listening to me or you're watching me from, uh, or whatever time of the day you're also watching. And I also specifically want to welcome those who are joining us for the very first time from Instagram Live. Usually we have ATP Hour on Facebook, YouTube, the podcast, and the Fresh Wave Radio live but for the first time now we are now able to have instagram live uh today's atp hour so you are all welcome and i hope you had a wonderful holiday this is our very first episode of atp hour in 2024. uh atp hour for those of you who may not know is a program where we discuss important topics that affect the health of our children And we try to empower ourselves as parents and caregivers of children with the information that we need to know so that we can keep our children healthy and we can keep them safe. It is brought to you by Ask the Pediatricians Foundation because our mission on ATP, Ask the Pediatricians, is to make sure that no child dies from preventable Courses. So that is why we do this program. And so thank you so much for joining us. And today we're going to be talking about something important. We're going to be talking about anemia in children. And for those of you who may find the word anemia too big, we just basically means uh, shortage of blood or low blood levels. In children. However before I go into the topic of the day I just want to remind you that you can always watch all our past episodes on the same platform where you are listening to me now. Uh, Especially you can get it on our YouTube channel or the podcast or even the Facebook pages so you can always watch all the past episodes and topics that we have discussed in the past. Secondly if you have any questions about any topic that we have discussed or that we're discussing today, or or anything that has to do with the health of your children, we have a platform where you can ask those questions and get your answers from a pediatrician. So go over to our Ask the Pediatrician Facebook group. You can post your questions there, Mondays to Saturdays, 24 hours of the day, and our doctors, our pediatricians, with support from our uh, moderators, will be able to answer your questions. One thing you can be sure of is that whatever answer you get on Ask the Pediatrician Facebook group it is from the pediatrician perspective it sees an evidence-based answer and i think that is what makes atp unique compared to every other platform on social media where people ask health questions for us health issues especially health issues of children is not a democracy of opinion it is not how many uh variety of answers you get or who has the uh, the most likes when they give an answer no it has to do with what is the right thing to do with the health of our children and when it comes to the health issues the pediatricians are the experts and they are the ones that are supposed to be providing that service so come over to Ask the Pediatrician. So ask your questions and we'll be very happy uh, to answer them. The only time you can ask your questions are on Sundays, where we normally take a one-day break. But the answers of the previous similar questions will still be, and if you're able to do a little bit of search, you may still find the answers to your questions. And if you'd like to read about all these topics as well, feel free to go over to our website, www.axdephidratations.com, and you'll be able to read about these important topics as well so thank you so much for joining me today and today i'm going to be talking about anemia in children usually when i discuss topics like this i like to follow a very simple outline so that you'll be able to understand so the first thing i'm going to do is to tell us what is this anemia to define it you know like what does it mean when we say a child is anemic and so we'll define that. And then I'll try to give us a simple way we, by which we classify anemia because I get a lot of questions. Mother is telling me, uh, my baby's blood is low. My baby's PCV is low. What can I do to make it better? And some of you are worried, ah, they said they're going to give my baby blood and I don't want them to give my baby blood. Or some of you think maybe I should just go and buy blood tonic. And you you know, some of the time, it is not a blood tonic issue. So it's important for us to know that there are different types of anemia and they are caused by different things. There are different ways that we children can have anemia. So we'll talk about the types and we we'll also talk about the causes of anemia in children. Then we we'll also try to talk about what are the symptoms that you will see you know, or signs that you will see that will make you to suspect that this child may have anemia, you know, and then I know most of us are familiar with you know, our mothers pulling down the highs as we watch on TV, but that's those are not the only things that shows that a child has anemia. We'll talk about what are those symptoms and what are the signs that a doctor will look out for. Then we'll also look at uh, how do we diagnose anemia, how do we confirm it that a child's as anemia, and then we'll talk about the treatment for anemia, and then we'll also talk about how do we prevent it. If there's something we are very uh, passionate about on ATP is that we don't want the children to be sick, so we don't want to have to treat, and we want to make sure we do. it doesn't even happen in the first systems, so that's what we talk about prevention of anemia in children. So that's the simple outline I'm going to follow. I'm going to talk about definition. I'm going to talk about the types, the classification. Then we'll talk about the causes. We'll talk about the signs and the symptoms. And then we'll talk about how we made the diagnosis. How do we treat? And then how do we Prevents anemia in children. So first of all, let's talk about definition. What does it mean when we say a child has anemia? What is anemia? So I'll, if I want to break it down and use this very simple layman's language, we'll talk about when the blood level is low in a child, or some people call it shortage of blood. You know, or low blood level. We are talking about blood that is low especially we're talking about the red blood cells that is very low because when we talk about blood uh you all are aware or uh, maybe some of us if we remember our biology that blood is a tissue it is something like liquid but there are other things that are suspended in that liquid so you have the red blood cells then you have the white blood cells you have what we call the slides, then you have you know the the liquid the plasma in which they're suspended so all that is what make up this uh red flowing liquid in our body that we call uh blood so but when we are talking about anemia, we're actually talking about the red blood part of it that, that's what we talk about. So it's not just like the blood is low in terms of low blood level, but we're talking about the red blood cells, uh, being low. And what is the um, what what is unique about the red blood cells? The red blood cells are what carries uh oxygen. They are what carries the um some things you know the the they around the rest of the body so there are things that the the, the body needs and especially oxygen so inside the red blood cells it, there's what we call hemoglobin okay and that hemoglobin is what normally attaches to oxygen and then carries the oxygen around the blood so that's why sometimes you hear your doctor talking about your pcv but sometimes they also talk about hemoglobin don't get it confused uh it's we are still referring mostly to the same thing but sometimes we we try to break it down to the the what really does the function which is the hemoglobin but when we talk about pcv the packed cell volume we're talking about the red blood cells cells so when these red blood cells are low whether the doctor call it the PCV or they call it hemoglobin and when they are low in the body then you are talking about um, anemia and for every one of us there's a level of these red blood cells that we should have okay there's an amount that we should have and they this amount varies from age to age and that is why sometimes uh, people will post um, the results of their tests and they will like ah is this still not low or is this still not high we cannot answer that question when we don't know the age and the gender of the child or the person. So the level of blood in a man that is normal will be different from that of a woman, is different from that of a girl, is different from that of a boy. So it varies according to age and according to gender. So when the level, so there's a table by which we know this is a normal level for this particular age and this particular gender. So when it is low, lower than what we expect to be normal for that particular child's age or gender, then we talk about anemia. So That's just what anemia is. It means the red blood cells or the hemoglobin, which is what is inside the red blood cells, are low for that particular age. And that particular gender. And it is a very common thing, okay? Anemia is something that is very common. But there are different kind of anemia, which I will talk to us about later. Uh, but the one that is most common when we talk about anemia is the type that we call higher deficiency anemia okay the iron is very important in forming the hemoglobin which is what carries the oxygen which is the essential component of that red blood cells so when the uh, amounts the number of red blood cells or the amounts of hemoglobin red blood cells is low, Um, it, it, they will not be able to do their work. And one of the reasons why it can be low is when there's no iron, when the iron levels are low, because that iron is very crucial in the formation of the red blood cells. And so when the iron is low, then it is also likely that the person's blood level will be low as well, but iron is not the only thing that could make the, uh, the blood level to be low, there are other reasons as well. Um, Sometimes um it could be that the body is making the blood, but the person is losing the blood. Okay, so now I'm going to go into what are the different types of anemia. So we've talked about the definition of anemia, that it is lower, though I can give us some figures, but I don't want you to get... You know, to get into get confused with the figures, doctors they know what is normal and what is uh, normal. But if you do your blood test, you see that in front of your the PCB or the hemoglobin, they would have written in brackets this is the range that is normal for this particular age and all that. So if the level that they wrote is lower than that normal, then that means the person has. Anemia. So, in terms of anemia, we can kind of classify anemia according to uh, what, what causes it, and like, like why is this blood low? Why the child has low blood level? Number one, it could be that the body is not producing red blood cells. So, red blood cells, you know, they are producing what we call the bone marrow that is where our red blood cells are produced in the baby sometimes they can be produced in the spleen they can be produced in the liver but for most of us grown up it, they are produced in the bone marrow so for anything any reason uh the 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 body is not uh able to produce those red blood cells then it will become low and there are many reasons why that can happen for example uh, some people can have uh, problems like uh, cancers. That something you know is occupying the space, and the 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 body is not able to produce red blood cells. Or there are some hormones that regulate production of red blood cells. We call it erythropoietin. If it is low, it may also affect uh, red blood cells. So anything that affects the production of the red blood cells the fact that even the iron iron is low as well which is very important in producing hemoglobin that also means the person's blood level below so this is the body not producing the red blood cells that is number one number two it could be that the body is actually producing the red blood cells but the cells have been broken down you know this happens so for some reasons what we call hemolysis, some reasons the body has produced these red blood cells, but they are just getting destroyed. And um, this can happen in certain medical conditions. For example, children who have sickle cell anemia, because their whole red blood cell is abnormally shaped, the body doesn't... So when they pass through the uh, what they call the blood vessels, they they kind of just break down so easily so their blood level always be low even though the body is producing in fact it's always producing a lot because the body is always getting the information that we don't have enough blood cells and it's trying to produce a lot but they are all being destroyed or sometimes some people have some um uh, uh, allergy tendencies, and when they are exposed to certain things, then they begin to break down red cluster. For example, people with what we call GC-speedy deficiency, so um, because that particular thing is absent in them, when they are exposed to certain things uh, like uh, some sulfur drugs or certain beans or certain products, they begin to break down. The red blood cells. So they begin to pass out uh, what we call dark-colored urine and all of that. This is a situation where the red blood cells are produced, but they are being destroyed. They are being broken down beyond what is normal you know normally the red blood cells could, could last in the body for 120 days for the older for the adults and children actually babies can be lower but you know that's the range but if it is being been destroyed faster than that then that is when you have a shortage of blood as well or anemia that is another thing or secondly it could be that you're actually losing the blood it is the blood is produced but you're being loose you're losing them you're bleeding so and there are many ways we can bleed so for example in newborn babies if they have what we call vitamin k deficiency uh, which is very common in babies and that is why all our newborns after they be given vitamin k at birth if they don't get a vitamin k they can bleed they can bleed from the umbilical have same babies lose almost all their red blood all their blood because the amount of blood in the in the body of a newborn baby it's not that much it is just about a glass cup of water like this like 240 mils because it's about 80 mils per kilo so 80 mils per kilo and most average babies are three kilos so that is 240 mils so all the blood in a baby, in a newborn baby, is just about a glass cup of water. So you can imagine if that baby starts to, you know, lose that blood so quickly, you know, that baby's blood level can be, can, 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 the child can have what we call anemia. And I remember sometimes some mothers worry about those of us pediatricians when the babies are very sick and we have to start taking blood and blood taking blood for this test, taking blood for that test. And mothers always worry, like, you're going to <laughs> drink all my baby's blood, you know. Basically, you know, we can, baby can lose blood through, you know, bleeding, and bleeding can be something we can see, like somebody who had a fall, and they're bleeding, or it may not be something you can see on the outside, people can bleed in their brain, they can bleed into the organs in the body, they can bleed in their Bladder, you know, they can bleed in the uh, what we call the digestive tract, the gastrointestinal tracts, and you will only see the blood in the stool when they pass it out or from the uh, stomach, so you may not see it. So, and that may be the reason why they are losing blood. So, those are the different ways by which anemia can happen either that the body is not producing it or it is being destroyed the red blood cells are being destroyed or we're actually losing out the blood bleeding either from out that we can see or in the internal part of the body that we cannot see these are the three major mechanisms of of the how anemia happens. Okay, so those are the three major mechanisms. So if we go through those three mechanisms, we can define the the kind of uh, anemia that we have. So there are different ways by which we classify anemia. So we can classify it by the the uh how the blood loops you know so there's a way the red blood cell should look there's a normal level so sometimes if the red blood cell is looking so small we call it a particular name we call it microcytic anemia then we have, and that's the uh, uh, reason for sending you all this that uh, it gives us adv- uh, uh, information as to what is causing the red blood the kind of uh anemia that we are having. So these are the information as to what is causing anemia. But like I said, the most important or the most common cause of anemia in children is the annual deficiency anemia. And why did I take my time to go into the details of uh, the mechanism of how anemia happens? Is so that we know how to uh, address it so especially like when we come to the treatment because many of us always assume when somebody's blood level is low all we need to do is to go and give them blood tonic and blood tonic is basically iron and folic acid and uh, maybe vitamin b12 together that is what they put in most blood tonic however it is not every anemia that needs blood tonic okay that is the Thing first thing I really want us to understand. In fact, for some children, the kind of anemia they have, if you give them blood sonic, you are actually going to make things worse for them. For example, children will have anemia because of sickle cell anemia, and because in sickle cell, what is happening is that the red blood cells are being broken down faster. The iron are there, so the iron is being stored in their body, but they are not able. Is they are producing the red blood cells, but the red blood cells being broken down faster. So such children do not need iron. They do not need blood tonic. If you give them blood tonic, which is iron blood, which is iron supplements, you are actually going to overload their organs with iron, and that has its own problem as well. So it is not everything that is and blood tonic. So you really need to understand first why the child's blood is low. Why does this child have anemia? So that's the very first thing we need to know. One, we need to know, does this child has low blood level or not? That is the first question we know. The second is why. We always want to answer why. So most of the time people come to us on HCP and you, the question most parents always asking is what can i give what can i do you know and my baby's blood is low what can i give to make it better that is actually the wrong question <laughs> okay i know that is what parents want to hear but for a doctor to be able to answer because when you ask us that question you are assuming that we supernaturally i always like to joke that we are not oracles we don't we don't define we don't you don't just write a question and a doctor supernaturally knows the the solution so you cannot just tell my baby's blood level is low what can i give and i will automatically know so people that post questions on other platforms and you just, my baby's blood level, people will just simply send them go and give this go and give that that is how you know those who are not medical professionals that's how you know fake <laughs> wannabe doctors a good doctor Want to first know the why? It is the why that will provide the answer. So when when you tell people things and you just say go and do this without really trying to find out the why first, you can always know that they are they are not doing things right. I always like to tell people this, and that has caused ATP people to be <laughs> very bold when they are talking to their doctors and their professionals because people like, are you a doctor? Are you a nurse? Because they, the ATV people, has kind of helped them to kind of reform their mind on how to address issues. So, the first thing we want to know is why is the baby's blood level low? Okay, you see that the baby is losing blood. So like if you bring a newborn baby, I always ask is maybe have vitamin K is maybe bleeding from the cord, is maybe bleeding from anywhere, you know, or if baby has like some children have haemophilia and they bleed into their muscles, they bleed into their joints. So we need to know the why, because it is the why. Or is it, it says this child have sickle cell anemia? Is it that the child is producing the red blood cells and is just breaking it down the more? Or is it that this child is not actually producing the red blood cells? Is it because of annual deficiency? Is it because of vitamin B12 deficiency? Is it because of the say, chronic illness? Because sometimes when there are chronic illnesses going on in the body, they can also suppress the bone marrow. So the bone marrow is unable to produce uh, red blood cells. So if somebody has kidney problems because they have isoporoidine, which helps us to produce red blood cells. It's one of the function of the kidneys. The kidney is the one that produces that hormone. So if there's a problem with the kidney and there's no erythropoietin, and then we have to give erythropoietin, you know, to the person because the body is not able to produce its own erythropoietin to make the red blood cells. So these are the why that we need to know first. And it is after we know the why, then that we can say this is the solution. All right. So, but before I go into the how do we diagnose anemia, and how do we treat anemia? The the first thing for us to know is anemia is quite common. It is very very common, uh, but most people who have anemia sometimes they don't show any signs. You know, if you don't do blood tests, sometimes you may not even know that they 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 have anemia because so that's why we classify anemia into mild moderate and severe but i don't want to boggle down with all the figures and all that but there's a level of hemoglobin that's okay this is just slightly lower than normal then there's a level it goes to that oh this is a moderate level then there's a level that it goes to that is severe so people most people have the mild to moderate kind of anemia most times they don't have any signs at all they, they are just fine. They just, you know, it, it's only if for any reasons, you know. Maybe they just come to the hospital because they have malaria, and Not which, by the way, malaria too can cause anemia because the way by which malaria causes shortage of blood is that it breaks down the red blood cells because malaria tends to go into the red blood cells and it will multiply, multiply, and then it will break and then release what we call toxins. So that's why when people have severe malaria, one of the signs, uh, one of the form of severe malaria is that it can also have low PCV, which we call anemia, and that is, once you have anemia with malaria, then it becomes severe malaria. So, um, what was I talking? Symptoms of anemia. Sometimes you don't have any symptoms, you don't have any sign whatsoever, even when the blood is low. And for some people that have what we call chronic anemia, so anemia, you know, depending on how quickly happens, it can be something that just happens very short. Like if somebody suddenly loses blood, like somebody had a fracture of their lung bones and they're bleeding so much, or somebody ruptured, uh, like a pregnant woman, that, that's not common in children, you know. maybe they have what we call show uh, and they're losing blood, so they're bleeding so fast, their blood can go from normal to very low very quickly. That is a form of heart kills, anemia and people that have those kind of acute anemia they tend to show a, a lot more signs so they they can go into shock they they you know we can barely feel their pulse they, usually that tends to happen like in an emergency case but most cases of anemia because it's not happening like if it's not the type that the person is losing blood so fast if it is one that either the red blood cells have been broken down or the body is not producing it because it's happening slowly over time you, you know, the person PCV may go so low and they are still fine because their body kind of adjusts and adapts to it. So I guess bottom line is that sometimes people may have anemia and they don't have any symptoms or signs. They are okay, they are running up and down. Um, sometimes it's because they come to the hospital to for other reasons and we do their blood test, and we find out, wow, your PCV is so low and then we we'll start to work on why is it so low? But there are other signs, especially for the iron deficiency anemia, which is due to the fact that the, there's no enough iron in the diet and the child is the child's body is not producing the uh, hemoglobin, which is very important. Um, uh, iron is very important for the production of hemoglobin. So sometimes those children who have iron deficiency. Before they have anemia, they may also have other signs or symptoms of higher deficiency. So they may be feeling tired. So if your child is always complaining, I'm always so tired, I'm always so tired, we have to start thinking of anemia. They may, if their children will go to school, they may struggle with um. Concentration in class, you know, so they may, you just wonder that they are always easily distracted, they cannot uh, concentrate for so long, you know, so that's maybe the first sign or the common sign which most of us are familiar with is that you just think that they look, you know, pale. most of us, our hands, you know, when you look at your uh Eyes so or your what we call the conjunctiva, they tend to have this red or pinkish kind of coloration. But in people who have anemia, they tend to look white. So people say, "Oh, you're looking white," you know. I I know most of us are familiar with that because people tend to use it a lot in movies to show somebody who is pale. So the person is looking pale. They, they are high, you know. The conjunctiva, you know, when you depress the high is that. Part of it you see lower down, we call it conscious. It looks pale, it's not looking red uh, or pink, it's looking like it's whitish. Or you look at their hands, it's whitish. You press their uh, fingers, you know, they bob, and you find out that it is, it is the blood level is very low inside. So, those are all those other symptoms that you may or sign that you may see. And of course, people are tired, they may be weak. They, you know, those are signs that may suggest that the person is anemic. But remember, we tend to get most of these signs in people who are really, really short of blood. But sometimes there are no, absolutely no sign whatsoever that the person. So, one of the things doctors do when you come to us for any other. Reason, no matter what's the reason you have come for, is that we actually check. We always, you know, talk about the person is not pale, the person is not junky. Some of you are familiar with medical juggles. So we always check for pallor. That is how doctors check for anemia. We check for pallor. and we check for palos. We can check for it in the eyes, we check it for it in the palms, you know, we check for it even in the oral mucosa. We just look at you like, you know, is the blood level in this child low or something like that? So we can do it through our clinical sign, um, examination. I mean, but more importantly, we can always confirm it because anemia is one of the easiest things to confirm. It is just doing a blood test, a simple blood test. Um, most people will do what we call a PCV, which is they, they will just take a a, 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 a for children most time we just prick them and take something in that long capillary tube and send it to the lab. But the idea things we like to do most time, it's not just the PCV, is to do what we call a complete blood count or a full blood count. We want to check for all the things because when we do the complete, full, complete blood count or the full blood count, including what we call a blood film, that will give us all the information we need to know, number one, to confirm that the child has anemia, number two, to confirm the type, so because the way the red blood cells look will help us know. Okay, this is the kind of red blood cells look that we see in iron deficiency. This is the kind of look we see in vitamin B twelve deficiency. This is the kind of look we see in what we call nomochromic, nomocytic, you know, in this kind of condition. So there are different kinds of, the way the red blood cells look, that alone will give us a lot of information about the possible, you know, cause, and also the blood film as well. We'll see the way the red blood cells look as well. So all those information are very important for us to be able to know what we suspect to be the cause of the anemia, but more than what we suspect to be the cause of the anemia, we now may now do more tests. For example, if we are suspecting it's iron deficiency, we may even do iron levels. We actually measure the level of iron in the blood. We also do the iron store, what we call ferritin levels, to know is this something that is happening now or is this something that has been... You know like the storage of iron in the baby's blood is so low we check that if you are suspecting it's fully calcium deficiency of vitamin b so we can actually check those levels as well if you are suspecting that this child may have sickle cell anemia we may actually want to do the hemoglobin genotype so we will do all that test based on the our suspicion and our suspicion starts from the information we get from parents that's why when you go to the doctors we have to several questions we examine the child fully and information from the uh, history from the examination from the blood test that will help us to know what is causing this shortage of blood of course if you come to us for example a newborn baby and the mother say i'm always seeing blood stain on the nappy the diaper and then we check the blood level the blood is so low of course Then we know that, oh, this child may be having what we call vitamin K deficiency, bleeding, and that is the cause of the anemia. And what we need to do is to give the child vitamin K. And if the blood level is so low, we may need to give the child blood. So sometimes we have to do that. So that is how we normally make a diagnosis of anemia in children so some of them are incidental findings we go to the hospital for a different thing we do we to do blood tests and we find the anemia or sometimes the child actually has those symptoms and then we confirm it with the blood test and then we need to uh, address the anemia okay so for those of you are just joining we've been talking about anemia when we talk about anemia anemia means the red blood cells or the hemoglobin levels are lower than what is normal for the person's age and gender. I think it's very important that we get that particular part of the definition. What may be low for what may what may be normal for me may be low for a baby. For example, most newborn babies, their PCV are quite high. That is why newborn babies are red. You know, you see them, they are looking so red and plexoric, you know, because when they are in the womb, they need to have so much red blood cells because they are practically stealing the oxygen from the mother. So that's why they need a lot so that they can grab from the mother. But when they are born, they don't need so much again, so that's why they tend to break it down and then they have jaundice and all that. But for a newborn baby, the average PCV is forty two percent, forty two. You know, so by the time a newborn baby comes to me and the PCV is less than thirty six. That is serious anemia for a newborn baby. I'm thinking of do high need to give baby blood and all that. But for most of us, like a, a average woman, your average PCV is thirty six percent for an adult female. All right. So if I see a PCV of thirty six in you or thirty five, I'm not worried. That's actually sound normal. But thirty five for a newborn baby will be. C- anemia and I'm worried what is causing this anemia so that is just for us to understand that it is so important that the PCV is according to the age and according to the gender but most people for everybody by the time your PCV is less than 30 it is this is getting low and men tend to have a higher PCV than women obviously for obvious reasons women we go through our monthly periods and all that and so for teenagers as well their level of, for teenage girls, their level of PCV tends to be lower compared to their male counterparts. So it's important for us not to just carry a number. The age and the gender of the person that has that PCV is important. And different labs have different, what we call normal variation, but most of them will always put it beside the uh, results. They give you, they always write what is normal by deciding in average standard <laughs> labs, they would do that as well. So, that is the one. And we've talked about the different mechanisms by which anemia can happen. It's that you are losing the blood, you know, bleeding, or you are breaking the blood cells, which is hemolysis, or the body is not producing the red blood cells for w- whatever reasons could be iron deficiency anemia it could be any of the deficiencies and or it could be a chronic illness going on that is suppressing the bone marrow whatever that is also the third mechanism and depending on the way the red blood cells look depending on uh, the shape of it depending on some other things that we normally look out for in the complete food block, and we can figure out what type of, of anemia this person has and also the severity also varies. So it could be mild. It could just be slightly lower than normal. And most people who have mild one will be fine. They are going about their businesses. If they don't come to the hospital, we may not even know they have anemia. Or it could be moderate. My times are getting to moderate. We start having a few symptoms here and there. Tiredness, shortage of breath, you know, weakness and looking pale. By the time it comes severe, most of them will come to us because Usually they are very ill, some of them may be in shock and all that, and we know they may be in heart failure, you know. And so we need to really, really treat them. So depending on the severity level, that is uh what determines how soon they come to the hospital. And anemia is very common. I don't want to go into it, especially in children, anemia is very, very common because for various uh reasons. Um, number one, um, Newborn babies are prone to certain things. Like I've talked about, vitamin K deficiency, anemia. Some babies will have what we call birth injuries, and they can bleed in their head. You know what we call caimatuma, or they they can you know have jaundice. And some of those jaundice, they are what we call hemolytic kind of jaundice. They actually break down the red blood cells faster than normal and that is why the baby is jaundiced and it can come along with anemia as well or they can have infection and some of the infection sepsis also break down the red blood cells and that's usually in the first the preterm babies especially we're taking blood from them the level of blood is not so much they can break down what's what we call anemia of prematurity uh, because their body is not able to produce that red blood cells. So so many sometimes we have to actually give them erythropoietin to help them to produce red blood cells. That is for the very, um, the neonates. Uh, then we'll move on to the older children. Usually, um, the six months old, by the time they're getting to six months, most of the onion that they store from their mothers is, is running out and they now need to you know, uh, produce their own red blood cells, use their own iron. That is why complementary feeding is so important. That is why babies need to eat food that are varied. Unfortunately, sometimes most of our, most, uh, actually, in places like Africa, when we introduce complementary foods, we tend to give our children mostly paps and stuff, and those ones do not have iron. Iron is a very important uh substrates or nutrients for the production of uh, hemoglobin and red blood cells. So when it is deficient, or we are having a diet that is deficient of iron, then the person is going to have iron deficiency, and that's why most of those babies start coming down with iron deficiency anemia. And of course, if they are having other reasons, you know, other illnesses, then they can also come down with anemia. So we've talked about anemia. We've talked about the causes. We've talked about the type, and we've talked about the diagnosis. Now the question is how do we treat anemia? Okay, so the reason why I took my time to uh, talk about the causes or the mechanism is because the treatment is rooted in the cause of the anemia. Most anemias that are mild to moderate, we don't really need to give blood or anything. We actually just treat the underlying cause of the anemia. So if the child is low have iron deficiency, we give the child iron, so most of the blood tonic is iron that we're giving the children. Some children actually have vitamin B12 deficiency, we can give it to them. Folic acid also can cause deficiency or we can cause anemia, and these are very simple things to handle really, so we give uh, folic acid. Um, If it's a child that has sickle cell anemia, of course we have to manic the sickle cell anemia, we you know how the things are going to that. For those of you who have not listened to the podcast on sickle cell anemia, you may want to listen to that. So we we treat, we deal with whatever is the underlying cause of the anemia and we try to replace. If a child has a particular uh condition, for example, and they are breaking down the red blood cells, like in GCSPD, we have to give you advice, you know, on these drugs you should avoid it because when you expose your to child to this drug, they're going to have hemolysis and they're going to have low blood levels So we give those kind of advice uh to people. So we give them a list of drugs or products that you should avoid because of the GCSPD deficiency. So we, we basically just hydrate the uh underlying cause. If it is, for example, like renal failure, the person is not producing the erythropoietin hormone. We can actually give it. So you see, people who are going through dialysis, or even children who go through that. It's not only adults that have renal failure and dialysis and all that. Even children. Sometimes we have to keep giving them erythropoietin uh, injection, like new preterm babies who are not producing enough red blood cells, you know, because of anemia of prematurity. Sometimes we have to also give those ones erythropoietin as well. So it's basically addressing. The mechanism of that uh, anemia and given the right uh, treatment. But sometimes people come to us, the anemia is so bad, it's so severe, or they already have what we call decompensation. You know, they're already showing severe signs or complications of the anemia. And one of these complications of anemia is heart failure. So the heart, fails the heart. Um, um, the person is breathing so fast. There's a lot of water in their lungs because of the low level of anemia, and as cause uh, the liver is enlarged and all that. So we have to treat. Those are the ones that they have to be admitted to the hospital, and we have to treat the um, the heart failure. Sometimes we have to transfuse with blood. We have to give blood. And, and um, sometimes you have to give things like direct. So doctors know what to do to money, but those are the kind of cases that have to get to the hospital and they need blood transfusion. As much as possible doctors, we don't like blood transfusion because blood transfusion is a very risky business. Uh, There are lots of complications. The children can react to the blood. Uh, The uh, infections like HIV, hepatitis can be transferred through blood to the person being transfused and all that. So we As much as possible, don't want to transfuse. But sometimes if the anemia is so bad, we just have no choice than to transfuse because that is about saving life now. We're talking about this person's life must be saved. And I know there are organizations or religious groups that don't believe in transfusions. And it has been known sometimes for doctors to go to the courts just for us to get the permission to transfuse the children. So as much as possible, we try to accommodate. Sometimes we give up God, other substitutes and all that. Which can work sometimes, but sometimes we have no choice than to give the blood if that is the only thing we have to do, because now it's about life-saving. We hope we don't get to that point. But once we get to that point, then you just have to give what you have to give, and then but it's not just enough to to give, you know, the blood. Then the most important thing is to make sure that. It doesn't happen again. We have to work on prevention, prevention. And so I'm going to go to the last part of today's presentation, which is how do we prevent anemia? Again, prevention of anemia is rooted in the mechanism of the anemia. So let me start first with the most common cause of anemia in children, which is... Ion deficiency anemia. So, um, usually for anion deficiency anemia, we need to give the children blood tonic. Um, this ion which we call is actually anion supplement, but people tend to call it blood sonic. Um, we have to give it for long. You know, it is not one of those things you give for one week or two weeks. Most iron replacement therapy, we have to do it for like three months, six months. A lot of parents do ask whether they can just be giving their children blood sonic, you know, just to make sure they don't have ion deficiency anemia. And the answer is no. Iron can also be too much in the body, and we call it iron poisoning. And if iron is too much in the body, it's not good. You know, it can damage organs like the liver, the kidneys. So we don't want that. So please do not give iron or blood tonic to your children without. A pediatrician's prescription. It's so important. That is number one. Number two, the amount we give children is different from the amount we give adults. I see a lot of parents giving the liquid blood sonic and they just give the children, you know, everything in children is not five meals three times a day or 2.5 meals. No. We need to calculate the dose of the iron according to um, the weight. Of the child you know so the the doses and some of the blood tonic we sometimes have most of them are actually um made for adults and not for children and so when you're buying blood tonic hanyan supplement for children you have to make sure that you are buying the correct dose for children and not the uh the correct formulation for children which has lower um amounts of iron in the 5 mils, rather than the one for the adult. Most of the one for the adults have about 200 mg of iron in the 5 mils. So, uh, you really need to make sure that you are giving the right um, uh, dose for children. Okay? So, make sure you get it from your pediatrician. Don't just do it by yourself, because you can overdose your children, and your children can have iron um, uh, your children can have high on um, poisoning. So it's very, very important to, for you to do the right thing. Okay, so now, um, but beyond the, the blood sonic and all that it is also how do we prevent it from happening to the that we, we don't want children to be taking blood on it. We want children to, to eat food that's rich in iron. So I, I will talk about uh food that's rich in iron now. Um number one food like meat. Meat is uh Uh, is very, is very important. So meat is rich in iron. Okay. So also beans, beans and lentils, also very iron rich food. So we make sure we give our children iron rich food. Eggs. Okay. Those are also very, very important as well. And um, fish, also very important as well. Uh, also, there are some other uh, veggies like uh, prune, mm-hmm. like apricots. Leafy vegetables generally are also very, very important in um, in being good source of iron. So tuna, fish, oatmeal. So it's very important that when we're giving our children food, we're not just giving them food, just any food we like, we have to make sure we give them food that's rich in iron. The same thing, folic acid and all that, they will get it from the vegetables and all that. So, once the children are taking all this iron-rich food, then they are not likely to going to have iron deficiency anemia, but this iron deficiency anemia tends to happen in children who are uh, um, uh, will have diets that are not very uh, supportive, uh, that are not very rich in iron. Okay, so that is in terms of iron deficiency anemia. For the newborn babies, please make sure they get a vitamin K so that they don't have a vitamin K uh, deficiency. So... Um, other uh, other form of anemia, it's maybe a little bit tricky for us to um, do some things about them, uh, apart from avoiding things like, for example, QC speed deficiency, you avoid the triggers and all that, uh, sickle cell anemia, Children have to be registered in the hospital, uh, with where there are hematologists who manage children with sickle cell anemia. Actually, we give them folic acid daily, we prevent malaria and then we prevent infections. We just help them to deal with um, sometimes we have to give them some drugs that can booster, uh, you know, uh, that make the hemolysis less. You know, that's what we do, but there's no like. A fixed uh, treatment. We are hoping we'll get to gene therapy very soon, and then that will work. So, um, so those are all the things we can do in terms of preventing anemia. I think maybe I may still come back another time. I actually talk more in details about deficiency anemia, which is a commonness we see, but the most important thing is let's make sure our children are eating food rich in iron. So thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you've learned something about anemia in children. And remember if you think your child has anemia, please go to the hospital. See your doctors. Don't just go and be buying blood sonic and be giving it. See your doctors. And before I go, I just want to remind you that when you're giving blood sonic to children, they tend to have um, black stool, it is nothing to worry about. Black stool is something, it's a sign that the iron is one of the side effects of the iron, it doesn't cause any harm to the children, but if you're, if you're not giving iron supplements to your child and they're having black stool, it's very uh worrisome because it may be a sign that that child is bleeding in the intestine or in the stomach and we have to investigate that so please take note of that but if you still have any questions based on the topic of anemia in children uh please please see uh your doctors or post your questions on our facebook group and some people, some people have what we call chronic anemia they're always anemic they're always shots of blood it, the most important thing is not to just keep loading them with blood tonic and you say the most important thing is to know why that's the most important thing some children actually have cancers like leukemia blood cancers and that's why they're always low so don't just be giving them blood tonic you it's very important that when we think our children are short of blood or low in blood level we take them to the hospital. The doctors please see a pediatrician so that they can investigate and they can treat. They should be able to answer those questions. Number one is your child's blood level low. Two, why? They must always answer that why before. Don't just be content in taking blood level or blood prescription. Be very important. Be very very emphatic in asking why and what can I do so that then they, when they answer the why, it will be easier for us to know. What can be done? Because sometimes, even if it's not something we can do about it, at least we know it is not something. If it's something we can do about it, then we know and we can deal with it. So, thank you so much for listening. Um, If you have questions, once again, please post it on our application Facebook, and I'll try my best to answer them. And so, I'll see you once again next week, talking about another topic that relates to the health of our children. See that time. Have a wonderful day. And it is bye from me. Bye.
0: And caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Gumi because it's informative, educative, and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents. Are you a mother, father or you are involved in caring for children? If yes, then listen to Ask the Pediatricians every Thursday by 10 AM for insightful discussion on popular child health topics such as dangerous child health practices, immunization, infant feeding, developmental milestones and so much more. You also get to ask questions on these topics and listen to answers to real-life child health issues by a pediatrician. Ask the Pediatricians Foundation is devoted to health education and information of parents and caregivers of children in the community to support you in raising healthy children. Don't miss Ask the Pediatricians with Dr. Gbemi because it's informative, educative, and interactive. Ask the Pediatricians Hour, the program for caring parents.